Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the show. Did I call him a tragedy? I think that was what I think that was my dinner. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. Alright. Hello. <laughs> We're not editing that part out. This is real life. This is this is the podcast. And this is really the where we talk about real things going on. Uh we talk about real life. We talk about real stories. Today we're going to talk about biohacking and how I am personally experiencing with my own clients in the own research that I am currently doing. So right now I am doing in part of a certification program for long-term COVID. So that is a big, big subject. And I'm starting to see a lot of the biohacking and the or otherwise known as do-it-yourself helping, doing, doing it on your own getting healthier. Some people may do biohacking if you are trying to get rid of some negative energy. Maybe you see a flaw within yourself and you're like, I think cold plunging is going to be it. We're going to talk about cold, cold plunging. We're going to talk about a few things that are considered biohacking, but it's actually not ideal. It's actually not ideal to be doing, especially if you have a chronic illness or autoimmune. And obviously, we're going to have research and information backed up to say all this. So let's get going. I'm going to read you verbatim what biohacking is based on based on uh, the description that if you were to look up biohacking, what does that mean? What is it? What is it? Okay. Biohacking is the practice of employing methods drawn from fields like biology, genetics, neuroscience, and nutrition to enhance physical or mental performance, improve overall health and well-being, or achieve a specific health outcome like weight loss. The biohacking itself was created by Bria Lofkin. She's a registered dietitian. And well, biohacking is simply, simply put, it is do-it-yourself do biology, right? That's what they're calling it, do-it-yourself biology. Now, here's the deal with that is we're, we're kind of going to we're going to have a conversation about this. OK, first and foremost, because I want everybody to understand what is biohacking. And maybe this is something that you've been hearing about. Maybe this is something that you're like, uh, I think I've tried it. I don't know. You know, and then you heard maybe you heard like cold plunge at the at the beginning of this episode and you're like, oh, that's biohacking. So anything that we do, like extreme diet, fasting and intermittent fasting, cold plunges, red light therapy, supplements, taking uh, taking like Adderall and you don't have ADHD, that would be considered biohacking. Right. All the things that may seem a little like, well, I think I'm going to give this a try and I think I'm just going to go for it. But there's no actual research backed up. I would double think about it. Uh, not that I'm saying that it's terrible to do. Uh, and not that it, this is first and foremost, we're not judging anybody. We're not judging anybody. I have tried a lot of the things that we are about to talk about. So first and foremost, cold plunge. This is something very, very popular. Is there uh, research backed up that says that it can help depression? It can help anxiety. It can help these things. Yes. But there's even more research backed up on saying that cold plunge can actually have long-term effects of causing a negative feedback loop, which I'll explain in a moment. It can cause a negative feedback loop and actually cause autoimmune and immune responses. Okay. So here's, here's the deal. Cold plunges. 
and doing, and I'm not talking, when I say cold, but I mean cold plunge. I don't mean like the cold bath and then like, and then you turn it to kind of hot and then back to cold. I think, I think that has some, some benefits. I really do. Well, first and foremost, I do them kind of in that order. So I kind of start warm and then I turn to slightly cold and then slightly warmer at the end. But here's the deal. First and foremost, I do that for my hair. Okay. I have had so many nail skin and hair problems that I am that person that I will look for all the ways that I can be that, that natural glow and that natural stuff. Okay. Y'all see this high bun. I call it the closer to God, the better, right? <laughs> That's what I call this hairstyle. But it's really, what can I do naturally to improve my overall hair, scalp health, things like that? It still starts from the gut, but you can do things like I, I used to have really, really bad dandruff. I had really bad dandruff, like bad, bad, bad. Like it was everywhere. It even, I used to have um like, it felt it looks like psoriasis on my scalp. Um, so that was that was tricky. That was tricky. Now, so that's why I do that, okay? But I also don't do cold plunges, and here's the reason why. The negative feedback loop, the thing that I mentioned earlier, that negative feedback loop is something that happens naturally. I'm going to give you an example of a natural uh, negative feedback loop and how it keeps homeostasis, sweating. Sweating is a natural negative feedback loop. So we're running or we're exercising, or maybe we have really high anxiety people on our first date. And we're like, oh my gosh, we're like sweating under our armpits and we're like, oh my God, that's whoa, right? Or maybe like right here. This is where I sweat the most, really. I need my armpits, but really more like my forehead. And we're sweating, okay? What happened is our body went into high temperature and to cool it off, it sweat. Okay. So the homeostasis is to cool it off. Okay. So it naturally needs to happen. This is on the same token. If you have a hard time sweating or you sweat profusely, then that's also a great sign of a chronic illness or autoimmune. Again, I want you guys to be thinking about this as chronic illness and autoimmune is in, and helping it through the gut is to understand and how to get our body kept at homeostasis stasis, right? At the happy, the happy medium, right? Where if things happen, we're not going into mountains, it's more like rivers, right? And it goes back even to blood sugar balance, right? Okay. So the cold plunge, especially if you're doing it often, okay? I highly recommend you to stop doing this, okay? The reason being is you're sending your body into a fight in flight. And in order for your body to get warm again, it's staying in fight or flight and it can stay for way longer than necessary. And what happens after we go into a cold plunge, and I'm saying this from experience and I know you're about to, you're about to nod with me when I say this, after a cold plunge, you are exhausted. You are exhausted. Your fight and flight is high and then you are exhausted, Okay. If you feel energized after this, we need to talk because that is also, that should not also be happening. You shouldn't be feeling like you're ready to like go to war because your body is doing a lot to keep you safe. And if you feel energized in that, then your negative feedback with my friend is that that's actually the normal for you. 
So if you are doing cold plunges and you're like, I'm doing it because of my mental health and it's helping me and I feel energized after, I'm willing to bet on it. And I don't say that lightly. And no, I don't bet a lot, uh, like ever. I really don't bet ever. But if I ever say that, if you and me are ever having a conversation and I'm like, I bet, I'm willing to bet, then I know I'm right, that your body functions fight and flight. Okay. So let's get back about you're exhausted. So if you are in fight and flight and your body is exhausted because it takes a lot of energy and a lot of fuel, really, because after that, that's another thing too. After that, a few hours after when our body is kind of regulated again and all that stuff, we most likely then will feel really, really hungry, which now we're talking about adrenaline and leptin, okay? Adrenaline and leptin, they are our hunger cue and our fullness cue. Adrenaline tells us that we're hungry. Leptin tells us that we're full. That is actually stored in the gut, okay? There's so many other things that I can relate adrenaline and leptin to, but we're going to stick to this cold plunging. So let's say that you've heard cold plunging helps with mental mental health. Let's say you have heard that it helps with weight loss. What are the other reasons uh, that people do cold plunges? Need for weight loss and for mental health, really. If you have any other reasons, just let me know and we can definitely chat about that. But for mental health, so again, if you're going to fight and flight, we kind of just talked about why that's not really ideal. That's not really helping your mental health. You're actually catering to it. You're continuously telling your body that this is the normal way. This is the way that my body functions. Okay, so let's say you're doing it for weight loss and you do feel really, really tired after and what we're calling calm, right? But you're feeling really, really tired. And then a few hours later, and maybe later into the day, you're really, really hungry. Renlin and leptin are the fullness and the in the in the uh, the hunger and the fullness. But they also have this kind of like secondary function for hormonal health and overall hormonal health and immune response. I want you to think of Grenlin and leptin as kind of like if you've ever watched Friends. That's one of my favorite shows. I want you to think of Grenlin and leptin as kind of like Rachel and Monica, right? Rachel and Monica, Rachel has her own kind of issues going on, right? And Monica has her own like set of issues. And together, they kind of know how to work themselves out. And the one that really kind of throws both of them on like this, like, wait, think about it on a deeper level is Phoebe. And I want you to think of Phoebe as the overall hormonal response and immune response, okay? And Phoebe, even if she's nonchalant about many things, She's the one that really gets Monica and Rachel to really think a little bit deeper, to really analyze a little bit better, and to kind of stop that cycle of like, okay, you know, if Rachel was, you know, going back to her, okay, also, for everyone to know, I am team that they were not on a break. And if Rachel does go back to Ross or Rachel finds, you know, finds friendship and Find other emotions and feelings and habits through her own weight, right? And then Monica, who absolutely is in love with Chandler and found Chandler, made the decision between, I can't think of the other John's name that she was with before this. Oh my God, he's such a famous actor too, and I can't think of the name. But you guys know who I'm talking about, right? He was a little bit older than her and she wanted kids and he was like, no, I'm not ready for kids, right? And... Monica was like, okay, I guess this is not the person for me. Well, if you look back on the episodes, Phoebe was really the one that, again, 
really made both both Monica and Rachel think a little bit deeper, right? So if we have remnant and leptin and we're doing it for the weight loss purpose of this and we are eating and our gremlin and our leptin is much higher, we need to give it a hormonal response and an immune response that makes it feel safe. I am, I do not care that like, we're like, man, I, uh, my iron levels are so low and I'm going to do like a carnivore diet and I'm going to do extreme, an extreme diet or, or whatever the case may be because of weight loss or because you are strictly, you're restricting yourself. So you want to do this next biohacking move. Okay. In order for anything to work, no matter how hard you go in on the biohacking, you need to help your gut. And your gut is, is literally linked. It's 90% of your immune system and 80% of your serotonin is in your gut. So your lymphatic system is connected to it, which then holds your vagus nerve, which that own, that own thing is its own separate episode, really. And then we have the nervous system. Literally, yes, the gut is directly connected to the nervous system. It's connected to the cardiovascular system. It's connected to its own immune response. It's connected to the hormone system, the, the entire hormone system. So anything that you do, the cold punch, the extreme dieting, the intermittent fasting, those things, and you have a chronic illness, you're actually going to put yourself three steps backward by doing those things. Yes, I said that. You're going to put yourself three steps backwards. And if right now you're viewing this and you're like, no, Dada, I just, I can't agree with that. I'm doing the cold tundras or I'm doing the extreme dieting or why I'm taking the Adderall. I don't have ADHD and I'm fine. I'm not talking about now. I am talking about where will you be three years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. Because you're not, you're, you're going to look at this episode very differently. And I bet if you're looking at this, uh, looking, because hello, hi. But if you're also listening to this, um, and, like on the podcast, you're also going to be thinking, you're even thinking about this from this perspective. I, and I want you to think about it like this, like coming at two angles, right? So you're, you're either thinking about this because you're like, okay, I've kind of done the biohacking stuff and I feel like I am not getting better. Or you're looking at this as I want to know more about biohacking. And I want to know if this is the right move for me. Okay. And, and both of those perceptions are a hundred percent fair. Like I said, I've done this, right? But again, I want you to just think about that one cold plunge example is that negative feedback loop. And if you're, if you are doing that and you're consistently telling your body that fight and flight is, is the new normal, you're reducing your absorption of nutrients down to 50 percent, five zero percent from doing that especially if you have a chronic illness the second example that i want to talk about is taking supplements okay so this is something you know by now that i am not into taking supplements uh i personally don't take any i haven't taken any for 13 years and counting i started my gut health journey 15 years ago my first two years i was still on a supplement regimen and by year so two years and I was still doing that within the first year. I was slowly letting go of all my prescription pills, which included hormonal birth control pills. So 
I was taking a few, a few pills. That was one of them. So there's so many things that go into supplements. And we need to make sure that the way that we are helping, especially in functional medicine, that the practitioner, the, the nutritionist, the practitioner, what they're doing, make sure that that is kind of like the last thing that they're doing. In fact, that's what functional medicine is known for, is that we're treating the whole person as a whole. And we are treating things such as like biohacking, right? Doing those things or supplements and reaching for the supplement. That's actually the last thing on our list. Like we want to make sure habits are down, sleeping is down, bowel movement, uh, libido, uh, menstrual cycle, nutrition, exercise, movement, uh, mental health, like do, 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 like the list is very long before we even get to supplements. But let's say that, yes, we did all those things. And that's actually why we're trying biohack, right? And I want to be first one to say it. You then try everything. If you're trying biohack and you have not tried gut health, like real true gut health, you haven't tried anything. Because I did biohacking, I did medical medium, I did fasting, I did keto, I did extreme and elimination diets. I didn't eat, I didn't have dairy for three years. I can't remember because it was just so long ago, but it was a long time ago. So I did all these things. So before you're like, yeah, but you're, you're a practitioner. And like, of course, you're supposed to say these things. A lot of the things that I say are from my own experience and what I know now to be true. Okay. Plus professional, right? So it's a lot of things and professional. Okay. When you are taking supplements, there is literally a science to taking the correct supplement for you. There are over eight kinds of magnesium. If in three seconds you can tell me what kind of magnesium is good for you and why, then you can take the magnesium. It's literally my rule of thumb. If you can't tell me, then we're not taking magnesium. And there's many people like, oh, I'm taking magnesium glyphosate because it is, it's good for sleep. You know, I'm taking magnesium citrate because it's good for my bowel movement. Okay. I challenge you to switch up your, your magnesium and see if the same doesn't happen. I challenge you for that. I challenge you to do all the different types of magnesium, not just one, do all of them. That would be biohacking. It's to literally give this all a try. And what you'll come to, what you come to the realization is that, yeah, maybe, maybe one works better than the other, but they all kind of do the same thing. Some should perform, whether it is better bowel movement or you do sleep better, because it's magnesium. Magnesium is one of the building blocks of life. In fact, magnesium takes two years and not two years of like your adulthood. Like the minute that you're born, we actually need two years for magnesium to be at its utmost of what that body will need to keep homeostasis. Two years. After two years of life, like when you are two years old, if you're still low on magnesium, then, and you're still low, and you're still low, and you're still low, I would never say, then let's take magnesium. Magnesium is so intertwined within vitamin D, iron, potassium, sodium. It's so intertwined. There's actually... um a mineral and metal, uh, the wheel of minerals and the wheel of, of metals. That would be really helpful for anybody really to look at and study at. And you'll see how many things are related to one mineral or one vitamin or how some vitamins are not even a vitamin. They're a hormone, right? 
So, okay. And if, and if I just said that and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> Vitamin D is considered a hormone because of how it reacts in the body. That will be a whole separate episode. I will, this episode will be way too long if I keep going on tangents. So <laughs> let's look to just supplements in general, right? There is a, there is a science that goes into supplementing. It has to be aligned with your current diet. It has to be aligned with your history. It has to align with your end goal of whatever it is that you wish for, whether it is weight loss, whether, whether it is better sleep, whether, whether it is mental health, whether, whether it is reversing your symptoms and helping your symptoms out. But it's to a science. There are medications and supplements that actually cancel each other out. Just let that sink in for a second. There are supplements and medications that cancel each other out. And we're out here buying supplements because we're like, vitamin D is going to help all of your problems. And it's like, no, that's not how that works. Because if you're taking like antidepressants or you're taking Ritalin or Adderall, vitamin D and magnesium is actually not going to do much. You're literally better off just going into the daylight 10 minutes a day. And this is the ultimate biohacking for if, if, I'm, and I'm, I keep talking about magnesium, vitamin D. I keep talking about these things because these are kind of the most popular ones that people supplement because you go to the doctor's office and they're like, what, your vitamin D is low. And then you take like 5,000 milligrams of vitamin D. And then you go like six months later and your vitamin D is still low. And then they're like, oh yeah, it's because we live in, I live in Michigan. Oh yeah, it's because, you know, you live in Michigan and there's no sun. But then like people in Florida also have it. So like what's their excuse, right? So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you. The ultimate biohacking is just simply going out in the sun. And all you need is 10 minutes a day. And maybe that's the ultimate biohacking. Maybe that's the ultimate hack for yourself. Is if we're talking about facts, it's only 10 minutes a day. I mean, I, I could scroll 10 minutes on my phone every day and it flies by, right? I might as well do it outside. I'll do 10 minutes of reading my book and it flies by. Might as well do it outside. 10 minutes, I'm having a conversation with my hubby and I'm like, hey, how's your day? How's I might as well do that outside, right? 10 minutes. Or let's say you have a sedentary lifestyle and maybe you do work at an office and you do work indoors and you really don't see the sunlight. 10 minutes when you walk into the door or out the door and there's sunlight, 10 minutes, just staying out there for 10 minutes. Okay, what if what if uh, there is no sunlight when you walk in or when you leave? Let's say you have that job. Maybe you're a nurse, right? Maybe you work the midnight shift, right? 10 minutes outside, find it. At lunchtime, before you go in, after you go in. And it's not, if, if not every day, then start off maybe just three times a week. Maybe the days that you don't work, maybe Saturday and Sunday, and then just throw one in on like a Friday, right? Work it out like that. So in between cold funging, call and, and really making your nervous system get on fight and flight, right? We talked about that on how that's not, that's not ideal for chronic illness because you're keeping that body in fight and flight. And that's originally what started your chronic illness, right? So that was number one. And number two is the supplement the supplement side of this, right? So we talk about like two main things that people do for biohacking. There's also red light therapy. There's simply not enough research that say, yes, red light therapy really does help with skin health. Yes, it really helps with sleep, right? 
there's so many branches to red light therapy, blue light therapy, all that stuff, right? There's so many branches to that. Not that I'm against it, but what are we really doing? What are we really doing? And again, this is talking from personal experience, right? Because I've had insane acne. Like right now, it's like considered fantastic compared to where it was, right? And I used to do red light therapy. I used to do the uh, the hydrofacials. I used to do so many things. I even did like the green tea mask and like the the charcoal. I couldn't think about it. The charcoal, the charcoal mask. I used to do all that stuff. But the gut, the gut is really what's like the most natural way. So I want you guys to think about it. That example that I said at the beginning of this is the hot and then the cold and the hot. And I would turn on the cold water in my shower for my hair because the hot water is opening up my pores on my scalp. And that's not helping my scalp help, right? And I had a lot of flaky looking psoriasis scalp for a while, right? Which is why I had really like weird hair for like a, a long time, right? But then I helped myself to understand what really is true gut health. And I let go of that biohacking side of like, this is what's going to help. And again, I talk a lot, a lot about the mindset and the mentality around doing the extreme stuff, because again, if you look at the episode with Amy, we were talking about the all or nothing mindset for athleticism because we were both professional athletes, right? And that was one of the things that we mentioned, that there is the all or nothing mindset and that if something isn't working, it must be our fault. Well, and again, I, I want to come back to this part about, about biohacking. So part of biohacking is to improve this is literally like an example, okay? So there's on a medicalnewstoday.com, there's an article specifically talking about biohacking. And it literally says current examples. Some current examples of biohacking are common and people may consider them just a part of everyday life. Others may seem more u- unusual and seem like a futuristic trend, which your health should never be a trend. It should mean this so heartedly. If you're treating your body like a trend, then your body's going to act like a trend. If the trend is like starve yourself, then that's exactly what's going to happen. If you treat it like every every other three months, because that's the thing, is that this whole entire health and wellness space change is like, that's personally what I feel. Like every three months, something's changing. There's a brand new trend. There's a brand new trend. No, your body's not, that's not what it is. That's not what it's made for. So that's the fight and fight that ourselves were, were already creating. Because we're doing so much to our body and putting so much pressure on our body. We're not giving it that like I'm safe feeling, right? Okay. And then the other thing that I wanted to mention, which I thought was interesting, they're considering biohacking also wearable technology. This is something that I, and this is the third point that I wanted to make. I don't do wearable technology because I have a 50% functioning liver. I've always been just kind of that person that makeup I know is, is a liver, is a liver load. Anything that we do is a liver load. Anything that we put on our skin is a liver load. The, the difference in environment, if there's, if it's hot outside, if it's cold outside, if the pressure is higher or lower, or am I around the mountains or am I around the water? But actually the liver. And when I think about wearing these devices, right? And this is a true story uh, that recently happened that 
it became even more clear to me is that, again, I'm not against like having the wearable devices. It's just something that I've always had in my head is that if I wear these devices, there has to be something that is giving off, right? Because our phones give off radiation, right? Wi-Fi. This is something, again, uh, this is like a, a little side note here. Something that we do and that I'm a strong firm believer is EMF. And what we do is we have a timer on our Wi-Fi and we just shut off our Wi-Fi every single night at 10 p.m. And that's it. If we use it in or on our phone, so be it. But I'm that person at 10 p.m. We just shut off the Wi-Fi and that's it. Or if my husband wants to watch a movie and this is something, again, because we live in a reality and I live with my husband who likes to stay up late at night and I don't. But then I either shut my phone off or I put on airplane mode. Again, these are the things that I do to just help my liver load. Okay. So that's where the wearable, the wearable stuff, right, comes into play. Right. So the wearable, uh, the wearable technology, I recently had an HTMA test on a boy. Okay. And the reason we did an HTMA test, the hair tissue mineral analysis test, was because he was having like some white spots, a few white spots. And he was nine years old. He was really into wrestling. And I was like, well, he must have like psoriasis or maybe I, I'm not sure. And the mom also thought that as well. And we did his HTMA high, high antimony. And antimony is a chemical that is actually released from wearable technology clothes that are like you know when they when they have it like on the especially on the children's clothes and they say do not come in contact with fire which can i make a side note real quick why <laughs> why well, what's going on why would i put children's clothes in a fire and it, like right like it's high, highly flammable like why but okay apparently those clothes are uh flame repellent right so that also has antimony in it, okay? Luckily, this boy, that was a different, it was a different scenario. That was not it. It was not the wearable technology. It was not the flammable clothes. It was actually not even really his diet, really. It was, we found out that the smoker that they were using hasn't been, hasn't been cleaned out for a while, and that could be, that could be it. The smoker has, the way that the smoker is created, it can take a lot of, it can uh, give off a lot of antimony and actually get in the food, okay? So when I say, like, it's not his food, like, the food that he would eat, like, every day, because they weren't, like, smoking meat every day. <laughs> but anyway, that was something that kind of gave me, like, that aha. Uh -huh. Like, antimony is something very, very high in toxicity. Even a little bit can, can, you can create what's called antimony spots, right? So this is what the boy yeah. And through understanding his gut health, through understanding the way that he was living, the way that his habits were, especially he was, like I said, he was a wrestler, right? And he had a high, high athleticism. So obviously we're not doing like low fat stuff. We're not doing no carb stuff, right? It was like whole milk and whole, and whole grains and full meals, right? And within two weeks, my mom was sending me pictures like, oh my God, like, the one spot on his elbow is like almost gone, right? So those are the things when I say like, when I'm talking about biohacking, I'm talking about the things that like, these are the things that's going to help me. The aura ring, right? That's wearable technology, right? Those are things that I just can't get behind. You're talking to someone that that, that really needs to pay attention to her liver load. And if, and if I'm 
it's just knowing what I know about Wi-Fi, just knowing what I know about makeup, just knowing what I know. And I know that there's non-toxic makeup and I know that there's non-toxic ways. I understand this, but it's it's still putting things on your skin. It's still, we're still wearing the watches. We're still wearing the rings. We're still doing, we're still measuring the things, right? So there's kind of two, two parts to this is that, yes, it releases things that are high in toxicity, especially if you're wearing them for a long time. But it's also, again, understanding, making sure that your nervous system is regulated. I feel almost like, I don't know if this is taking a step too far, but let's just, let's just go for it. Let's just go for it. I know that because, I, like I said, I never wore wearable technology because there was just something to me that I was like, I don't know, I feel like that's kind of the load. We're gonna, thanks, but no thanks, right? So I know that from my clients, from so many people wearing them, from having conversations with my friends, I know that sometimes if, if you put it on a setting where you want to lose weight or you want to have uh, a specific um, amount of steps per day, the watch tells you, you've been sitting too long, you need to stand up, you need to move. That is fantastic until it's not. Again, regulating the nervous system and understanding what, what's doing, what, uh, bleh, I can't speak, what, how that is affecting your gut health, right? So if you are, hanging out and your body needs a rest your body just i'm going to be dead honest today i'm recording this on labor day in the evening at 8 8 8, 8 p.m it is 8 11 p.m right now okay as i'm recording this and my kids are hanging out with with my husband with their dad right and they're just chilling they're I don't know, they're probably watching a movie, cleaning up, probably getting ready for bed. And if my watch did that in today, because we just had such a busy weekend, my watch did that. I know me. I know my mentality. Again, speaking of the all or nothing mentality, the high and level of them, I'd be like, oh my God, like, what have I done all day? And the negative thoughts are so easy and they're so loud, right? It's like, oh man, now I got to move. Now I got to do this. But like, what if I just want to stop? I just want to stop that, right? And yeah, I understand that you can turn that setting off, but how many people do that? How many people turn off that setting when they are on rest day? Do you take off your wearable technology when you are on rest day? That's the biohacking. Again, like just being in the sun for 10 minutes, that's, that's the ultimate biohacking. If you want to wear wearable technology, sure. Take it off from time to time though, okay? Nothing bad is going to happen, I promise. Your value and your morale does not fit on the amount of steps that you took that day. And this is something I'm, I'm talking from, from someone that like, I have daily goals. I have daily step goals and movement goals. I have them, but they are not the same every single day, nor should they be. Today was not one of them. Today, I did not have a step goal. My goal was try to reset your home after a really crazy weekend. We had two birthdays, one after the other, which is something that I haven't done in years. And we did it. And today, this morning, we went to a parade. It was lovely, fantastic. Went with one of the best families I've ever met. And then we got home and I was like, let's nap. And the kids napped for three hours and I did a meditation. And that was actually my ultimate goal. When I came home, I was like, I really want to do a meditation. And I did. And then I got the house from set. Making the bra, cleaning up a little bit, tidying up a little bit. I'm just getting ready for the week. That's my goal. That's the biohacking. Continuously asking yourself, what does my body need? No wearable technology is going to tell me that. None, including the sleep one. None. Your body's going to tell you that way before the wearable technology is going to tell you that.
Is it helpful? Yeah, I think data is super helpful. That's why I do labs. Does it run the entire show? Absolutely not. That's the biohacking. Going outside, doing daily movement, asking yourself what your body needs. Maybe keeping, this is something as simple as a, keeping a bowel movement log. Especially if you're dealing with bloating and food sensitivities, keep that log. And when I say log, don't think like this is what it looked like. No. Like, yes, that's like this much of it, right? Very small portion of it. But I want you to think about it as a log. Okay, when did I go? What time did I go? Was it an easy bowel movement? Was it a difficult bowel movement? And kind of track that. Like no more than three days, seriously. No more than three days. And do it every once in a while. See if you see a trend. That's the biohacking. All the information that is out there, it is helpful. But for chronic illness, maybe like half of that is helpful. Maybe not even. Because the way that chronic illness, it, it evolves. It evolves. It doesn't, it's not something, when I think of things like supplementing and doing the wearable technology and doing the cold plunges, I think of like, that's something to do maybe from like time to time. Maybe like when things get like really, really wild. I don't even know, but even then maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I've been doing this for so long that it's like, now I just simply don't see the reason why. Back then I did. And it really came back to my worth, really. That's an episode within itself, right? But again, what does my body need? If it's sleep, sleep. I recently watched, if you guys are um, a fan of Elise Myers, I'm a big fan of hers. Absolutely love her. Someone last year called me the Elise Myers of gut health. <laughs> and I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> I don't think I'm funny, but thank you. <laughs> but I think she really meant it because we're like in sweats and we're, we're you know, we got like the messy hair and stuff. And whatever. But I'm like, she's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> she posted not very long ago about how she was having like an off day so she was like dating someone and she went to that boy's mom's house or something and typically like she would go there before school because her parents had to like drop her off right and that's like where they dropped her off and then she would go to school together right and she was like super young doing this you know whatever and the main thing was that she had a hard time telling her parents that she was having kind of like this anxiety attack, that she didn't know it was an anxiety attack. And she went over, it was like the night before, I don't know, I can't remember. See, now I can't remember. But the main event was that she didn't know she was having an anxiety attack. And that mom, the the boy that she was dating at the time, that mom was telling her, yeah, the sweaty palms and the like shallow breathing butts and anxiety. You know, you're having like really high anxiety. And that morning came and she couldn't tell her dad. And so she, um, she kind of like kept the morning, morning, like just regular, normal. And she got changed, got ready for school and her dad dropped her off there. And the mom was like, yeah, you can just like hang out here. And she thought that it was like, kind of like a catch, you know, like, what do you mean I can hang out here? Like, are you telling me to skip school? Right. And really that was what her mom was telling her. And, uh, and Elise was like, you know what? Like, Oh God, if you're not being favorite, then, then okay, you know? And she took a long nap and whatever. And then it was 3.30 and then her, and then she woke up from the nap and her dad came and she rushed downstairs and put on her backpack or whatever. And then the mom was like, oh, you, oh, Elise, oh, you forgot your jacket or whatever. And Elise was like, 
wait one second. Like, like you can tell me, you can tell me that you don't have to give it to my dad. Right. And the dad was like, okay, thank you. And then like, she kind of just slid in there that like, wait, by the way, at least didn't go to school because she was having an anxiety attack. Okay. Bye. (laughs) Right. And so (laughs) that's what that reminds me of, of like, all the things that we do, we're brand new. We're still brand new. Biohacking is still brand new. The health is not. The health has been around since the BC world, before BC goes, okay? It was called other things at the time. And it's, it, again, just like any other thing in the world, including us humans, it's evolutionized. Yes, absolutely. And now we're beginning to understand it even more. But yeah, the health is, has been, has been kind of like the nucleus of health until Western medicine came and then big pharma started buying things up. And so biohacking, in in my part, professional opinion, and the way that I see what my clients are doing and they're recuperating from all the quote-unquote biohacking that they have been doing, yes, I do think to answer the question of today's episode, is biohacking being proportional, just blown out of proportion? Is it for you? If you have a chronic illness, no. And yes, I do think biohacking has been blown out of proportion. And no matter what you do in biohacking, no matter no matter what, no matter what you're doing to to do your own biology, as they say, right? That's what they're considering biohacking. No matter what you do, it still boils down to gut health. Like that for that reason. Because your gut health holds so many other things that are connected to it. If you focus on cardiovascular, then you better focus on cardiovascular on gut health. If you focus on your hormone health, also focus on your gut health. There, if you continue to just focus on your hormones, or you just focus on your weight loss, or you just focus on that one symptom, it is never just that one thing ever. It is a collection of them all. And the only thing that I personally know to be true that co- that has the collection of all of them is your gut. So when we talk about root discovery or root finding, what is the root cause? It is your gut. Not because of this is what I do and I want you to work with me and I want you to buy my product. No, it's literally because this is what I know to be true. If I didn't, then this is not the thing that I would have chosen 15 years ago and I would have been disconsistent in it for over 13 years. It wouldn't have been. I would have been like, nah, this is not it. But it is. And I know to be true. And I've helped over 100 clients and families do it like this. So again, we're going to leave it with this message. Your value and your morale does not sit in the hands of any biohacking tool, of any biohacking habit. It doesn't. Your way comes from you. All right, guys. That is at the end of this episode. Thank you guys for being here. Check out the show notes for some golden nuggets that I said in this podcast. And as always, feel free to share the love. And I want to hear what you guys thought about this episode. All right, guys. Check you guys on the next episode. Bye.